Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 960, and we're looking at Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26. Let's read our passage. They came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. Spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark began his gospel with the Galilean ministry, where Jesus was traveling through Galilee, teaching, healing, and casting out demons. We saw various encounters. People were very impressed with his teaching. He taught with authority, but very impressed with the healing. And crowds gathered for the healing. He also had encounters with religious leaders. They criticized that he hung out with the wrong people. They criticized him for violating the Sabbath rules in their eyes. They criticized his disciples for not properly washing their hands before eating. And so there's a lot of criticism from the religious leaders. So they left Galilee, went up to Tyre, and then Jesus had the encounter with the Gentile woman where he cast the demon out of her daughter. Then they went south to Decapolis on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. We had the feeding of the 4,000 there. Then he crossed back over the lake to Galilee again and had this encounter with the Pharisees. They demanded a sign. Then they got back in the boat and crossing the lake, Jesus was warning them about the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. But the disciples thought he was talking about bread. And he chastised them and said, you still not understand. That's where we pick it up today. Mark chapter 8. Verse 22. They came to Bethsaida. Bethsaida is on the northeast part of the Sea of Galilee. It's on the east side of the Jordan River. Continuing, they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So, who brought the blind man? Let's assume the people of the town. Now, did the blind man hear about Jesus and want to see Jesus and some friends brought him? Or do the people hear about Jesus and say, let's get the blind man and bring him? doesn't say. So we don't know who's instigating the bringing the blind man to Jesus. But they want him to touch the blind man, believing that if he touches him, he will heal him. Verse 23, he took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. But we have to ask here, why? Jesus doesn't seem to be shy about performing his miracles. Somebody wants a healing, he heals them. The only times where we've seen things done in private were the raising to life the dead daughter of the synagogue ruler. There he just kicked out the professional mourners, the people of disbelief. He did that in private. He also took the man who was deaf and had trouble speaking over in the Decapolis area. He took him to a private setting. And the thought there was, because this man 
was so awkward dealing with society, Jesus took him aside to get him alone to be able to communicate directly with him. So what's going on here? It's hard to say. We're not told what the reason is. You could come up with a lot of ideas. Is it to establish a more personal contact with a man? Is it to get away from the crowd? Or is it really this healing he wants to keep more quiet? This isn't just your run-of-the-mill healing. This is restoring the sight of a blind person. Now, it happens twice in the Gospel of Mark, here and in chapter 10. And restoring the sight of a blind person is a big deal. It was often said that it was easier to raise someone from the dead than restore the sight to a blind person. So does this go along with the let's keep things somewhat quiet? So he takes him out of town to be alone to do it. Don't know. That's all conjecture as to why he did it. But he did it. Took the man out of the village. Then spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? Now spitting on his eyes, we saw that with the man who was deaf. Jesus applied some spit to him, and that wasn't unusual in that society. It wouldn't have been considered weird to them. It's uh, making it personal, making it absolute personal contact. But what's interesting here is Jesus doesn't just heal him. He applies the spittle to the man, lays his hands on him, then asks him, do you see anything? So why this two-stage healing? Because the man says, well, partially, and then Jesus completely heals him. So why the two stages? Some think, well, it might be to allow the man's faith to grow. Again, we don't know who wanted to bring the man to Jesus. Was it the blind man or was it other people? And so Jesus is now working with the man in stages, allowing his faith to grow. So he doesn't just think it's a miracle worker magic trick, but he comes to faith in who Jesus is. Some say it's just, just to be different, just to show his sovereignty as he's not locked into any one way of doing it. He can heal people however he does want to heal people, and this is the way he wants to do it this time. I kind of go on with this third explanation. This is really a lot of symbolism here, this partial, gradual stages to restoring the man's sight. He restores the man's sight. But this is symbolic of the gaining spiritual sight for the disciples. Several times he's challenged them, do you still not get it? Do you still not see? Do you still not understand? They're still spiritually blind. But we're moving toward the I won't say restoration, but the gaining of spiritual sight by the disciples, where they will no longer be spiritually blind, but will see. See what? See who Jesus is. And I, I think that's probably the background to this, is this is all part of the uh, demonstrating that sight can come in stages. So Jesus asked, do you see anything? Verse 24, he looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. So he can see, but not well. Now, the fact that he recognizes people and knows what trees are 
leads most commentators to think, okay, he probably wasn't born blind. He probably lost his sight. So he knows what people look like. He knows what trees look like. And he also recognizes that he can't see well. He has some sight now, but not good vision. Verse 25, again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently. and His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. So Jesus completes the healing and restores his sight completely. We have some trouble with this. Okay, does this show a limitation to Jesus's ability? This is so hard that he has to apply it twice? Like, no, because Jesus does restore his sight. The last words there, he saw everything clearly. And the clearly even has an implication of at a distance. Some English translations say clearly at a distance. So his sight was restored to perfect vision. So there's no limitation of Jesus's ability here. But for whatever reason, Jesus chooses to do it in the two stages. That's where I go along with the idea of this is symbolic of a gradual gaining of spiritual sight. Jesus perfectly heals the man here in verse 25. Verse 26, then he sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. That goes along, why did he take him out of the village? If I'm correct in my thinking of to keep it somewhat quiet, then that goes along with this. Now he tells him, don't go back in the village, go directly home. And this is only going to stay quiet for so long. Everybody knows the blind man. And when the blind man is no longer blind, there's going to be questions. How did you go from being blind to not blind? And it's not like he's going to be able to keep a secret. That guy, Jesus, this is what he did. He healed me. And they already know Jesus is a miracle worker. That's why they brought the blind man to Jesus. But this will just increase Jesus's fame. But maybe this will slow it down, at least for the evening, because we're not sure how long they're there, but the next passage we're looking at, they're going to be leaving, heading up to Caesarea Philippi. So perhaps the idea there is to keep things from blowing up until they're out of town. Now I mentioned the parallelism here, the narratives of the feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 4,000. Back in chapter 6, we had the feeding of the 5,000. Chapter 8, feeding of the 4,000. Chapter 6, they crossed the lake immediately afterwards. 8.10, they crossed the lake immediately afterwards. Then in chapter 7, we had the dispute with the Pharisees over the ritual washing. Chapter 8, we had the dispute with the Pharisees, the demand for a sign. Chapter 7, had the discussion about bread with the Gentile woman. Chapter 8, he has the discussion about bread with the disciples in the boat. And then in chapter 7, you had the healing of the deaf man with the difficulty speaking. Here in chapter 8, now we have the healing of the blind man. And chapter 7 finished up with the confession of faith in Decapolis. He does everything well. And this is all leading up to Peter's confession. You are the Christ, the Messiah. So parallelism, I think, is intentional by Mark. And all part of this idea of the stages of spiritual sight coming to the disciples. Jesus is just 
chastise them in the boat, you still don't get it. But yet we're very soon going to see Peter proclaiming, yeah, I do see it. Then the whole next section of the book of Mark is going to be the increasing the spiritual insight of the disciples as they learn more and more who Jesus is and learn about his mission. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.